Good evening, saints. We're back. Are you out there? Give me a thumbs up, thumbs up if you're out there. Oh, I can't see it. <laughs> okay, so now we've got to sort of ramble on for a next minute or two while this thing goes live. And there's always a bit of a delay, actually. And also just to wait for a few more people to, to log on so that we are live on face uh, on youtube not facebook youtube and um, my sound engineer in the background is giving me the thumbs up that the technology is working so praise god for that <laughs> um, i hope you've all had a brilliant day church was fantastic this morning wasn't it brilliant pastor andy aren't we so blessed by this man of god him and pastor steve all the guys but um what a brilliant word this morning and I feel that it really sort of dovetails beautifully with the word that I'd prepared before Pastor Andy preached, believe you me. And um, so we're going to continue in about another, just give it another 30 seconds or so, um, but we will be continuing on the fruit of the Spirit today. What do you think of my props? People, please. You've got to say something about the props. I mean, come on. We're talking about the fruit of the spirit. Um, so they're all beautifully balanced. I won't tell you how we got that, that table up so high to be part of this image, but never mind. Um, so fruit of the spirit. And today we're going to be speaking on patience. Patience. Give me patience and give it to me now. So, and I feel it really dovetails beautifully with Pastor Andy's message this morning about managing the storms of life. What do we do in the storms of life? And um, so we'll see how this word unfolds. And um, I trust that you're going to just enjoy, enjoy this, enjoy this the next 35 minutes or so. I would highly recommend uh, have notepad and pen ready. And I'm reading mostly from the New King James. I'm going to have a, a number of scriptures, but just go write them down. And then during the week, just go over them and just read them and allow the word of God to minister to you. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring the word alive. You know what? As I've been preparing this message, I've just felt so, I have felt encouraged by it. Um, I feel this word is a word for me. As much as anybody else so we're on this journey together and um, so let's fasten our safety belts and let's kick off with the fruit of the spirit which is patience and you know exactly where we're going to start Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 from the New King James Version Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and it says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, long-suffering. Now, if you look up Galatians 5.22 in other um, translations, like, for instance, the New Living Translation, a different word is used there. Um, and the New Living Translation says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And then he lists it and he says, love, joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. So the word long-suffering isn't something that we, it's not sort of modern vernacular, is it? It's, it's almost like a, it's an old-fashioned kind of word. And um, I just want to clarify the difference from the, from the outset, okay? So long-suffering, what does the word long-suffering actually mean? The definition of long-suffering. It means self-restraint in the face of provocation, which does not hastily retaliate. So long endurance of provocation. And long-suffering is the opposite of anger and intolerance. And it's usually exercised to antagonistic people. I'm not naming names, okay? But, but long-suffering is usually exercised to people. Patience, however, the definition of patience is perseverance in the face of trials, which does not succumb under pressure or surrender to circumstances. So here's my other prop, the white flag. We do not wave the white flag and surrender, okay? This is what that's all about. Patience is the opposite of despondency and is usually exercised to adverse circumstances. So long-suffering is related to people. Patience is related or exercised to circumstances. So first of all, what what is patient, but we'll first start off with what it's not. What is, what is not patience? Patience is not just waiting. It is not a passive or inactive mindset. It's not just a matter of holding your breath, counting to 10 and wishing that the situation would change or go away. And patience is not fatalism. It's not having that Doris Day attitude of what will be will be, so I'm just going to have to endure and hold my breath a little bit longer and this whole thing will go away. It's not that. So listen to what patience is though. It's enduring under pressure, and there's a little caveat on the end there, without murmuring. Mm, don't switch off. Okay, promise you it's going to get better. Okay, enduring under pressure without murmuring. It's being steadfast under pressure. It's behaving the same way before a trial, when you're in a trial, and after the trial. Oof, that's a hard one. Behaving the same way before the trial, in the trial, and after the trial. Patience is also waiting without worrying. It's enduring without resigning. In other words, no white flag. We don't wave the white flag. We don't give up halfway. Patience is active resistance and not passive acceptance. These words sound quite big, but actually just maybe just write them down and come back to it and just think about what I'm saying. Okay, it will make sense to you. Patience is about being cons constantly consistent or consistently constant. 
Listen to what the Amplified says from Galatians 5.22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence in us as we cooperate with Him, is love, that unselfish love for others, joy, inner peace, and patience. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while we're waiting. Patience is not the ability to wait, but it's the ability to keep a good attitude while waiting. It's what we do while we're waiting. I love the order of that um, Paul writes here when he, when he names the fruits of the Spirit. That the first one is love, and that love undergirds all the aspects of the fruits of the Spirit. Joy. Joy is necessary in patience. Peace. Chris spoke on peace last week. He did brilliantly. It was such a fantastic message. If you've not listened, go back onto FC Live and listen to his message on peace. But we need peace. We can't have patience without peace. We can't have patience without joy. We need them all. So we're just going to quickly look at some, some, some enemies of patience and I'm sure there are plenty but for time's sake I've come up with two okay first of all an enemy of patience frustration that's something that we deem as like an unnecessary hindrance um, it's 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 like having that stone in your shoe if you're running a marathon okay my confession is I've never run a marathon but I would imagine it must be a very unnecessary hindrance to have a stone in my shoe while I'm running a marathon. You know, it's it's just those little, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Bible talks about that. A, a, a hindrance, a frustration. It's an unnecessary hindrance. That's what that's an enemy of patience. Another enemy of uh, of of patience, pride. Why should I wait? Why should I queue? I mean, don't you know who I am? I have rights, you know? And I don't know if it's just, is it maybe it's just me, but I've noticed that during this uh, corona pandemic, um, there's, people seem to have much lower tolerance levels. Um, and so, you know, we need, to, we need to be aware of this, isn't it, in, in our day-to-day -day lives? Because you know what the Bible says, that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So patience and humility go hand in hand. We need humility to learn. What, what, what can we learn, even in the midst of a trial? What can we learn from this? So we need um, humility. And humility and flexibility also go hand in hand. So if you're in a storm, you don't want to be rigid and dogmatic. You don't want to be like that. We need to be flexible. We've got to, if we don't, we will get broken. You know, it's uh, some years ago, I heard a message by, by a preacher about palm trees. The importance, why is it that during the hurricane season, year after year after year, these hurricanes hit the coast of America, and yet they are lined, uh, parts of those, those southern regions of America are lined with um, palm trees, and those palm trees just... They, they are blown side to side and side to side, but they're never uprooted. They're never broken. So I, I looked it up and I thought, 
this is really interesting. And the reason why those palm trees sway from side to side is because of their root system. Their root system, they have this sort of, um, they have this rambling root system. They don't have just one big tap root like most big trees do. They have this rambling root system. And what happens is, is that the, the roots just sort of congeal the sand that it's that the tree is embedded in. And when that when the rain starts lashing, that sand and that water just congeal into this massive root ball. And it's like a it it acts like a super anchor. That root ball acts like a super anchor. And so when the storm comes, that anchor just goes down deep and the tree can is more flexible. And that's what we need to be like. When we're in a storm, we need to be flexible. We need to be humble. We need to be rooted in God, rooted in his word. Allow God to be that super anchor in our lives. Okay, so we're going to look at ways that we can develop patience. So I just want to, I've got about five points. Firstly, we need to know God. We need to know God. Listen to this in Exodus 34 verses 5 and 6 is the account of when God appeared to Moses. He descended on in the cloud and stood with Moses. God descended in a cloud and a stood with Moses and he proclaimed his name to Moses and he said it says the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord the Lord God merciful and gracious long suffering and abounding in goodness and truth God revealed and proclaimed this to Moses and and revealed what his character is, who he is by the words that he spoke. God is long-suffering. He's slow to anger. He doesn't have a short fuse. He's patient with us. You know, whenever, whenever, we, and whenever we see the word long-suffering, it's so frequently related to mercy. You know, I think of it in my own life at the age of 32, when I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus, when I accepted him into my life. And, but, um, you know, God was patient with me. He was long suffering for 32 years. And at that day on the 15th of September, 1991, he, he extended mercy. He extended mercy. He didn't say to me, Sandy, oh, oh, you know, he extended mercy. So listen to what Romans 15 verse 5 says. It says, now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another, according to Christ Jesus. May the God of patience and comfort grant you, child of God, to be like-minded God grant you, you have the fruit of the Spirit in you, that the, 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 the nature of God is in you. God is long-suffering. You are long-suffering. Point number one is know God. Point number two, be full of the word. Romans 15 verse 4, the very verse prior to verse 5, it says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, listen to this, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Oh man, 
what a beautiful scripture. The word of God is patient. What does that mean? The, the word is patient. You know what it, it means? It, it remains constant. It changes not. But we need to be full of the word before a trial, in the trial, and after the trial, so that that word can be the constant in our life. Don't wait until a storm hits. Don't wait until a tragedy, a crisis, uh, or an emergency, and then quickly go to your Bible and look up a scripture for this particular crisis. Get full of the word now and allow that word to, to be patient in your life, to be produced in your life. So we need to be anchored, that super anchor. We need to be grounded in the word of God. Make the word of God your super anchor. Make it your super anchor. And another little word for you. You know what? If you, if God ever gives you a word, maybe a word from a scripture from the word of God and you feel this is this is something for you write it down maybe through the gifts of the spirit somebody gives you a word of knowledge or something or a prophecy write it down because let me tell you something that when the storm comes because it will come you're going to need that word you're going to need that word let that word be your super anchor but have it written down have it ready have it in your heart um, and because God doesn't play around, you know what? He doesn't play games. He doesn't play. The gifts of the Spirit are, are for our edification. They're for our instruction. Um, when God gives us a word, it's, there's a purpose in it. There's a purpose, and frequently there's a storm coming. Not every time. I'm not storm conscious, but the the reason God gives us a word is for our own benefit. So we need to make that word that super anchor. So we want to wait on, uh, we're going to know God, we're going to be full of the word of God. We're going to wait on God during the trial. Point number three, wait on God during the trial. Remember, patience isn't, uh, is, it's not passive or an inactive mindset. It's not just a passive acceptance of whatever comes my way. But it's the ability to wait in earnest expectation. In, this is key, in earnest expectation. Be expectant for God to show up, the long-suffering God to show up in the midst of your trial. Isaiah 40, 31, well-known scripture says, for those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. But listen to what the amplified of that scripture says. Isaiah 40, verse 31. It says, but those who wait for the Lord who expect, who look for, and hope in him. Who expect, who look for, and hope in him will gain new strength and renew their power. So waiting on God is expecting, looking for him, and hoping in him. We need to spend time in his words, spend time in his presence. You know what, when we're waiting on God, we cannot be worrying at the same time. We can't get frustrated while we're waiting on God. We, 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 we don't get upset when we're waiting on God. But instead, we rest in faith, believing God that he will do what needs to be done at the right time. So we learn to, to wait with patience and hopeful expectation. 
Psalm 37 verse 7 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. You know, that word rest actually means be still, to be silent. Like Pastor Andy preached this morning, such an amazing message from Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. You know what? In the midst of the storm, in the midst of the trial, be careful what comes out of your mouth. Be careful. You know what? What, what, what we confess with our mouth can create a reality. If we start collapsing and throwing in the towel and waving the white flag halfway through the trial and say, I can't do this anymore, I can't take this any longer, don't do it. Rather just zip your lip, be still and wait on God. Know that he is God. You know what, because sometimes out of the, well not sometimes, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and sometimes tests and trials are sent so that you can see what's inside of you oh you know what God already knows what's inside of you Psalm 139 he says our no he knows us he knows our thoughts from afar he knows that he knows the the thoughts and intents of our heart he knows before a word is even formed on our tongue he knows it all together but Sometimes we need to we need a wake up call and we need to know what's inside of us. However, I just want to say there is no condemnation. Okay, people, there is no condemnation. Proverbs 24, 16 says, though a righteous man or woman may fall seven times, they will rise again. They will rise again. You know what? If you've fallen, if you've stumbled with your words, with you said stuff like that, stuff that shouldn't have come out, stuff that didn't magnify God, stuff where you've doubted God, just repent. Like Pastor Andy spoke this morning, 1 John 1, 9. Just repent, confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we need to hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering for he who promised is faithful we need to watch the words of our mouth so patience is not the ability to wait but the ability to keep a good attitude while waiting we need to maintain hopeful expectation looking for God hoping in him know who God is know what his word says and wait on him Point number four, how to develop patience. I'm going to have a sip of water. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, in the Amplified, it says, The fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us. The fruit of the Spirit is as a result of the Holy Spirit within us. But realize this, people, that the Holy Spirit does not take over the steering wheel of our lives, okay? He doesn't push his way into our lives. The Bible says, as you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. So how did we receive Christ Jesus? We surrendered to him, we yielded to him, and that's the same way. We need to walk in him, walk in the spirit, surrender, yield to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Remember, we are called to conform to the image of Jesus Christ. 
Um, um, Galatians 4.19 speaks of how Christ be formed in you. Child of God, when you got born again, the Spirit of God came to live on the inside of you. You are a new creature in Christ. All things have become new. The old is gone, the new has come. Your spirit man is perfect. However, we have a soul. <laughs> we have flesh. And we're going to have it until the day we die. We're going to have this flesh until we the day we die. So we need to make some choices in this life. So that's why... We need to, walking in the Spirit, it's not like the Holy Spirit just controls us. Blah. No, we need to yield to Him. So listen to what it says in Colossians chapter 3. Write the scripture down. Colossians 3, verses 12 and 13. Actually, just prior to that, in around about 9 and 10, it, said, it talks about put off the old man. Put off the old. But in Colossians 3, 12, it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on, put on the new man, put on tender mercies, kindness, listen to these words, humility, there's that word, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Then he goes on, he says, bearing with one another. Remember, long-suffering relates to our dealings with people. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, we need humility, we need meekness, we need long-suffering when we're dealing with people. So, how do we develop patience? I want to say, point number five, it is useless to pray for patience. If you want to pray for patience, go ahead. But let me warn you, the way that patience is increased in our life, be prepared for a trial. A trial will be coming your way. Listen to what James chapter 1, in fact, get your Bible and open it to James chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. And I spoke about this a little while ago when we did joy. And this is written by James, and he, he calls himself a bondservant of Christ, a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's like James the humble guy. This is a man who has on purpose made himself a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's laid down his own, his, his, all his rights, all his privileges, and he's become a bondservant of Christ. But he says in James chapter 1, verses 3, he says, Greetings. Remember that word? Rejoice. Rejoice. Then he goes on. My brethren, my sistren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Verse 4. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing so he starts this off by saying rejoice in other words refire your joy revive your joy my brothers my sisters why <laughs> because we need to count it all joy when not if not maybe when you fall into various trials 
Patience and joy are partners. Patience and joy are partners. Remember when we went, when we did joy and we read from Nehemiah 8.10 and it said the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy brings strength. But we also learned that joy is also protection. And when we're going through a trial, we need strength and we need protection. So joy is a key element when it comes to patience. So we count it all joy. He says, knowing, knowing, and that word means be assured, fully understand, understand this. That the testing of your faith produces patience. Notice it's not the testing of you. It's not the testing of you. It's the testing of your faith. Faith is not faith until it's tested. Oh man, that is such a powerful truth. Faith is not faith until it's tested. Faith is just head knowledge. It's just something I know in my head until it's put to the test and then when it's put to the test then I realize I know what I believe because my faith has been tested so sometimes I might think I might think I believe something but I won't actually know what I believe until it's put to the test and then it's revealed what do I really believe do I really believe this so it's the testing of our faith that produces patience. So the testing of your faith produces patience, not the trial itself. The trial is not there to, to test you. Trials and trials don't produce character. But the way we respond to a trial does. Listen to what it says in the message translation of this scripture. It's fantastic. It says, Consider it a sheer gift, friends. <laughs> don't know about that one. When tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Like Pastor Andy was saying this morning about that perfect storm. When those guys are out on a boat somewhere or at a harbor and they see a storm coming from this way and a storm coming from this way and they're getting right into the eye of the storm. But he says, count it all joy, count it a sheer gift when challenges come at you from all sides, that perfect storm. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors, which is what we've just covered. When, when your faith is under pressure, when you're under pressure in that storm, your, your, your faith life is forced into the open and it, it's made visible. It shows its true colors. And he says, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. You know what, so often in a test or a trial, the first thing we do is look for the way out. Where's the fire escape? What can I do to stop this pain? What can I do to stop this hardship, this difficulty? Where's the escape route? What can I do to get out of this situation? But don't try. The Bible says, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Because he says, let patience have its perfect, its complete work. Don't give up halfway. Don't surrender. Don't wave that white flag. Let patience have a perfect work that you may be complete, lacking nothing. Another little tip, something that I've learned and I continue to apply in my life. Don't make big decisions when you're under pressure. 
That's just a little tip. Emotions shout loudest when we're under pressure. It's your emotions start saying you need to do something and you need to do it now. You need to respond now. Rather take a step back. See things, like Pastor Andy said, see things from God's perspective. I love this scripture because then in verse 5, he says, in verse 4, he says, um, um, let, uh, um, I can't quote it. What is my scripture again? Let, let, um, let it do its work so you become mature and well developed, not deficient in any way. But then in verse 5, he says, but if you lack wisdom, ask of God. Ask of God, man. He's, got, he's the one with the right perspective. And then in verse 6 it says, and ask in faith. I mean, come on, this is so clear. We can't get it wrong, okay? But it's in this pressing, it's in this test that patience is developed. And we need to let patience have her work. And once patience is developed, that's when we grow. That speaks of maturity. Let patience have its perfect work. It speaks of maturity. It speaks of conforming to the image of Jesus. You know what? We call to grow. We call to, to be well-rounded, well-balanced people. I'm going to end this little section with Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4 in the Amplified. Get it on, a, on your app or on a, on a, in a Bible or something, but learn the scripture in the Amplified. Meditate on it and learn it, because I tell you what, this thing will stand you in good stead. Romans chapter 5, it says, Moreover, let us also be full of joy now, in the midst of the trial, okay? Let us exult and triumph in our troubles. In our troubles. Exult and triumph in our troubles. And rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. And endurance or fortitude develops maturity of character, maturity of character, which is approved faith and tried integrity and character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. What a fantastic scripture. God is looking for mature believers, sons and daughters, mature believers. You know, and just an example of this in the Bible, I'm just going to take another little sip, is the life of Joseph. The life of Joseph. I love, I love reading about Joseph. Um, and you know, if we look at the, at the character of Joseph. He was the apple of his father's eye. He was his father's favorite. And if you don't know the account, read about it in uh, Genesis 37, I think it is. But do, what happened was that at the he was his father's favorite. His brothers were very envious of him. And Joseph had a dream. In fact, he had a couple of dreams and he told his brothers what these dreams were. And um, they became really angry with him because the dreams denoted basically that they would come before him and bow before him. And they got really angry with him. So they thought, okay, they're going to kill him. So they took him away at the age of 17 and threw him into a pit. Um, and then they had mercy on him. 
and um, decided, actually, you know what? We're not going to murder him. We're going to sell him into slavery. And you know what? We know the end from, you know, we've got hindsight. Hindsight's a lovely thing. We know what the end result is. But you've got to realize that Joseph was 17. He came from uh, an influential home. He was the apple of his father's eye. And he got sold by his own brothers, by his own brothers into slavery. And, um, and slavery wasn't just like a, a short-term thing. It was a life sentence. There was no way out. That was it. And um, anyway, so he got sold um, into slavery. And these guys, these Midianites came and they, they sold him. They took him to Egypt. And they sold him to a guy called Potiphar. And we know the account there, what happened in Potiphar's house. Actually, um, he excelled. He excelled in Potiphar's house. He was given the run of the household. And Potiphar's wife made advances towards him and falsely accused Joseph um, of attempted rape. So they took Joseph and threw him into prison. Um, while he was in, in prison, so he went to prison for a crime he didn't commit. And by the time he was actually released from jail, he was 30 years old. So 13 years have, have gone. But there's a lot of things that happen in between. But go and read about it in, in the book of Genesis. But basically, this guy goes from being his daddy's boy, daddy's favorite, to being a lifetime slave with a criminal record for a crime that he didn't commit. But then... He goes on where everywhere he went throughout those 13 years, whether he was in the pit, whether he was in Potiphar's house, whether he was in the prison, he was always promoted. And eventually he has the he interprets a dream of Pharaoh and um, and he is eventually released um, from prison and he is made the prime minister of Egypt, the prime minister of Egypt. And how? How was that possible? This guy has been in prison. He's a slave. Um, all throughout his life, he was, he was made head of the household. Made, he was made head of the prison. Then he was made head of a whole nation. He delivered the nation of Egypt and Israel in the midst of a severe famine. You know what? 13 years is a long time for those extreme circumstances. But... And I think he had every right to actually say, why me? Why has this happened to me? I didn't deserve this. I was a good guy. Why has this happened to me? What have I done to deserve this? Poor old me. He could have had a pity party. In fact, Psalm 105 verse 19 says that the word of the Lord tested him. The word tried Joseph's faith and patience. But there was a time that was set for the fulfillment of God's promise in his life. There was nothing instant, and it's the same in our lives. There's nothing instant. Trials don't produce character. Trials don't produce character, but the way we respond in the midst of the trial does. And throughout these 13 years, Joseph, he remained consistently constant. He was constantly consistent. He was faithful to God. He was full of joy, full 
of hope. In fact, you can read throughout Genesis, the presence of God was evident in his life. There was fruit in this guy. Remember, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. There was fruit that was obvious, it was evident in, in um, Joseph's life. All throughout, throughout every season of those 13 years, there was this fruit. So in the midst of the difficulties, in the midst of being betrayed by his own brothers, in the midst of false accusations, he maintained his integrity. He maintained his integrity. And God favored him, blessed him, prospered him and his master. Reminds me of Jeremiah 29. Pray for the city to which I have pray for the peace of the city to which I've sent you, because in its peace you will have peace. God blessed him, prospered him and his master. He remained principled. He remained honest. He, he had integrity all the time. He was humble. He was a humble guy. Oh man, he served everybody wherever he went. And yet he had power and prestige and the ability to, to wreak havoc in people's lives working for Pharaoh. But he didn't. He remained consistent. He remained humble. He was wise. He was strategic. He, you know what? He, he delivered a whole nation of Egypt out of a severe famine through strategy, through wisdom, through prudence. And when his brothers did come before him and bowed before him, he extended grace and mercy. Mercy and long-suffering are always associated and what do we learn from this? From Hebrews chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, it says, We desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience, like Joseph, imitate him, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Faith and patience, on they, these are known as the power twins. Faith and patience work hand in hand. They work together. Remember when we did faith not so long ago, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Maintain your hope. When you're in a trial, when you're in a storm, maintain your hope. Because without hope, your faith is neutral. Without hope. Hope, your faith is neutral and hope gives direction to your faith. Maintain your hope, maintain your joy, be consistently constant, develop patience, allow the patience of the word to, to, to work in your life. Know who God is, know what his word says, that he's with you even in the trial. Gosh, I think I've come to the end. I, I think I've run over time a little bit. Um, yes, I have a little bit. But I just want to encourage you, if you are in a storm, just, just lean on God. Lean on God. Don't look for the way of escape. Just keep your course. Keep your course. Zip the lip. If what's coming out is not right, just keep it quiet. Just keep it quiet. Just go before God. God will strengthen you. He will strengthen you. And he will bring you through. And as we do this, fruit becomes evident in our lives. 
it becomes easier as time goes on fruit is become fruit becomes evident in our lives so god bless you i pray that you have a blessed week that um and that you'll join us again next week when chris is going to be sharing on the next fruit of the spirit same time same place see you then god bless you all goodbye